All right, glad you're with us. Thanks, Scott Shannon. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I never thought in my life I'd go week to the week, and I'd go from Mr. Potato Head to Mrs. Potato Head to Potato Head, and then back to Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, and now we are going to debate later in the program. Uh, this ought to be pretty interesting. We have Leo 2.0. Debating a, a professor, guy's name is Professor Dabinga, uh, um, a diversity expert, professor, musician, author about the canceling of six Dr. Seuss books. I, I'm going to be honest, it's, I'm a little older now. I haven't read Hop on Pop in a long time or Green Eggs and Ham in a long time. Uh, and I, but it's happening and it's real. And, we have six of them that are going to be canceled. If I ran the zoo, I don't even remember that one. Now the the publisher is claiming that they're not going to publish it because of racist, insensitive imagery going forward. I've not actually seen what exactly they're saying yet, but I haven't been doing my deep dive into this yet, and I'm hoping to find out in the course of the show today myself, to be very frank. All I remember is hop on pop. Green eggs and ham. Do you like Sam? I am Sam. I am. Do you like Sam? I am green eggs and ham. Do you like green eggs and ham? Oh, I like green eggs and ham. Something like that. I forget. Anyway, so they're saying that these uh, books are portraying people in ways that are hurtful and wrong and ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss Enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families. Um, now, first Hasbro canceled Mr. Potato Head, and then Mrs. Potato Head. I don't think they were going to, Linda, you follow this more than I do. This is not my wheelhouse. You got to help me out here. And then apparently then they got so much pushback, they decided to stick with Mr. Potato Head and a Mrs. Potato Head and forget the whole thing. That's correct. So, okay. Now, it was, Casper was going the limit when it comes to, I guess they were going to make it one general potato head that fit everything. Gender every neutral. Category. Gender, Gender neutral. Those are the words. Thank you. I'm, You're welcome. I'm learning as I go. Um, anyway, look, this whole thing on Dr. Seuss, the Joe Biden has now removed a mention of Dr. Seuss in his read across America day, which I've never heard. But I think all of us need to read more. I've gotten back to reading. I've actually been reading The Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren. I'd read it years ago. And the cool thing is you take your phone and I'm like, the, I'm the worst is there anybody worse than me, Linda, when it comes to technology that you know in your life? Is, is I'm the dumbest person you know, right? True. Oh, you can say it. Uh, you're, Pretty close. I know a few people that are bad, but you're up there. I'm right up there. Right. But the cool thing is you can actually, you read, it's a 40-day program, and you read a chapter, and then you go back to the, the beginning of the chapter, and you take out your phone, and you put your camera on, the, on this, like, weird weird shaped square thing and then all of a sudden called a qr code just so you know qr yeah, whatever code. whatever you call that thing you're welcome and that's why i'm not that's why i don't have any access to any social media anyway so you do it and then there's like a 40 45 minute you know talk by pastor warren i've always liked and so um and it's just a you know you might be saying well what the hell are you thinking about what's your purpose at this point Hannah? you know i don't know I have no idea, but that's that's part of the self-discovery, you know, lifelong education process, isn't it? Anyway, there's a picture of Michelle Obama that I saw on Stephen Miller's 
like I think Sweet Baby James showed me earlier in his Twitter feed of Michelle Obama with the cat in the hat character and two other characters who I don't know who the heck they are. You might know this because does Liam like Dr. Seuss books? Does we read like them every the night, every single Pop night. Pop on Pop and Green Eggs and Ham. All that stuff. Do you have it memorized? I used to do Good Night Moon was mine. They haven't canceled Good Night Moon, have they? They have not. Okay. That was one that I read my kids back in the day. Um, Liam is becoming a star of the show. I love talking Which about he loves. Liam. He, he does love it. It cracks me up. But Biden now has removed Dr. Seuss Read Across America Day. I don't know what what Michelle Obama's going to do because she's there reading Dr. Seuss books with cat in a hat characters and all the kids sitting in front of her with cat in a hat hats on and obviously a big celebration. I guess nobody noticed at the time that this book needed to be canceled. Don't forget what her husband, the former president, said. What did he say? Pretty much what? all the stuff you need to know is in Dr. Seuss. Oh, this, oh see? How about that? You know, Bill Maher is not a stupid guy. He's just not. I and I, and look, I don't like him. I used to interview him years gone by, and I just kind of was a waste of time after a while. But he's not dumb. And the fascinating thing is, and I think he hates all conservatives. He hated Donald Trump, and he but he has a certain sense that I think that is. I like the refreshing. There's a there's a certain honesty to him that I like. Just one minor. One minor part of him that I like. And I don't think he would ever remember, but it was people like me and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and others that defended him and, and said, no, don't cancel Politically Incorrect on ABC. Now, I always knew it existed from my first day on radio is that this cancel culture is real. And it is real. And it's only going to get worse. This is the problem. Once you go down this slippery slope, I mean, nothing is going to be acceptable. Then there's going to be a, a backlash. At some point, you know, people are just going to roll their eyes to this and just say, this is ridiculous. But I don't know how far down the road we go until we get to that point where people just say they've, they've had enough. And the bar keeps shifting and changing all over the place. And, and I even see people making honest mistakes. On gender identity. I mean, people couldn't believe that I when Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner. I knew Bruce Jenner. You heard me talking about the interview as Caitlyn with Diane Sawyer. And he heard me talking about it on the radio. He gave me a call. And it was the, one of the funniest calls I've ever had. And he goes, Sean, let me tell you a secret. Want to know what the biggest shock to Diane Sawyer was? I said, no, what? When I told her I'm a Republican. That was really funny. And, um, and, and I... I've always thought he a wonderful person. And um, what, I, what I said is, uh, listen, I, everyone makes their decisions in life. I'm way over the idea that we should be telling anybody how to live their lives. I'm way over. My, my focus for conservatism is very, very simple and narrow, and I've been going over it every day, and I can say it now in less than a minute. And that is we love liberty, we love freedom, Right. We want limited government. We want lower taxes. We want to end the government bureaucracy that has a stranglehold on business. We want constitutionalists on the bench. We want every city and town to be safe and secure. We believe in law and order. We want school choice because our kids have been decimated, especially in blue states with blue state governors and mayors. Secure borders. 
we could have doors and, and invite people in. We should have background checks and health checks and make sure people can take care of themselves. Merit-based immigration works for me. We should have energy independence. I'm all of the above. Simple stuff. Free and fair trade and, and peace through strength. Not that complicated and a strong belief in the First and Second Amendment. And I'll let the rest of society argue all these other issues because if we fix those issues and make America the, the successful entrepreneurial, the believer in human talent, you know, country, there's no, there's, there's no limitations. It's not a zero-sum game on success. And, you know, we can hit heights that we've never even thought of. You know, when the patent office, they said at the beginning of the last century, they, were, they wanted to close it because everything that could be invented has been invented. Yeah, well, what? That was before the car and before, well, let's see, we went to the moon, uh, before science and medicine. And, and I always said right from January on, when we heard about coronavirus, I said, no, I, I have faith in our medical researchers and scientific community. They're going to they're gonna save us. And it's going to happen here in America. And I was right. Um that was, you know, a lot of nobody else I seem to have that much faith, even to the end. But Bill Maher, back to him for a second. You know, you know this woman, Gina uh, Carano, HBR, you know. Anyway, she was canceled recently. I'm not getting into the case of that. And, and I think he was referring to her when he said it. And he, he warned skeptics of the left who, who don't buy into the existence of cancel culture. He said, liberals, you need to stand your ground your your ground law for cancel now for cancel culture. And he began a monologue so that when the woke mob comes after you for some ridiculous offense, you'll stand your ground. Stop apologizing because I can't keep up with who's on the sh list. And he accused Republicans of trying to appropriate the term in response to, you know, what. He calls it just, quote, comeuppance for actual crime, saying that they're muddying the water. It's unfortunate because cancel culture is real. It's insane. It's growing exponentially and coming to a neighborhood near you. When the woke mob comes after you for some ridiculous offense, stand your ground and stop apologizing. If you think it's just for celebrities, no. In an era where everyone's online, everyone's a public figure, it's like we're all tapped into the, the hills have eyes and Wi-Fi. Is this really who we want to become? And it's sort of like what I've always said about the media mob and Democrats. Were they really offended by Donald Trump the whole time and his tweeting? No, they were not. They act like every day they had to find the energy to feign their moral outrage of the day. Now, I can handle the abuse at times, the criticism at other times, the attacks every day. I mean, frankly, it's just part of what goes on in society. I can never understand people in this industry of ours that just can't take a punch. I get punched all the time. I fight back. I, you know, do the best I can, but I just don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not impacted by it. I'm not affected by it. I don't really care at the end of the day, you know, but he went on to say a society of phony clenched blank avatars walking on eggshells, always looking over your shoulder about getting ratted out for something that actually has nothing to do with your character or morals. Think about everything you've ever texted, emailed, searched for, tweeted, blogged, or said in passing. Now, even just witnessed. Someone had a Confederate flag in their dorm room in 1990 and you didn't do anything. You laughed at a Woody Allen movie. 
Is, is this really who we want to become, he said. This might have been his most powerful commentary ever, and I'm not a big fan of his. But, you know, he probably forgets that it was conservatives that stood up for him and people that he sticks up for. They weren't sticking up for him. They weren't. That's why, like, when Obama said, well, we'll send Mr. Burgess, he'll tear Sean Hannity up. Did he really mean he wanted to beat the hell out of me? No, he didn't. When Bernie Sanders supporter shot up the ball field, did I blame Bernie? No, I didn't. Am I really offended that horrible names are used against me or or politicians or political uh, friends that I agree with? No, I'm really not offended. Do I do I think that there should be a certain decorum in society? Yeah, I do. But it should be, you know, it sh- we should be able to tolerate a lot more freedom than we apparently are willing to tolerate. I'll put it that way. And, you know, this, just just watch it. Listen, just stay tuned for this debate. It's going to be interesting. And if you think it can happen, it's happening everywhere. You know, I, uh, just the reactions I get people, because I have political views, I get reactions that you can't imagine from some people. It's visceral, visible hatred. And then other people like, Hannity, hey, man, how you doing? I don't care which one it is. I'm nice to everybody. Part of me that doesn't even want to tell you all this because I'm so frustrated by all this. The FBI director, Christopher Wray, made an announcement during testimony before Congress saying that every FBI employee referenced in the scathing Justice Department Inspector General report on the origins of the Trump-Russia probe has been referred for discipline. A little late, Mr. Director, with all due respect. Every single one of them, even if mentioned only in passing, has been referred to our Office of Professional Responsibility, which is our disciplinary arm. I wouldn't say if any employees have been disciplined. Um, This was in 2019. We got this report. It's now 2021. It's a little late. And where is... Has anyone, has there ever been a Durham spotting anywhere? Where's Durham? Um, We have a lot of news. Now, I am not quite where so many others are that, up Andrew Cuomo is finished. I'm not there. What's fascinating, watching Knowing New York as well as I know it, is this, this is Democrats. You know, the, when Ron Kim came out and, and you're seeing the New York media mob There's a lot of hatred towards Andrew Cuomo that I did not know existed within the media mob and within the Democratic Party in New York because the Republican Party is pretty much non-existent in New York. This is not a Republican effort to oust Cuomo. And you see that the whistleblower first said, yeah, we, we didn't give you the true numbers on the nursing home scandal because we didn't want the Department of Justice and their investigation uh, to get the truth. I'm like, OK, you want to struck that little investigation going on? So this it all started there. Um, now what's fascinating is the I Believer caucus led by Kamala Harris, with few exceptions, are mostly still silent and a few now have kind of been shamed into saying something, but they're not out there doing the I believe like they did against Justice Kavanaugh. So it's clear where the distinction is. We'll update you on that coming up next as we continue. All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 25 to the top of the hour. I, you know, sometimes the show behind the show can be funnier than the real show. I, the, the things that really get 
my staff worked up sometimes cracked me up, like this Dr. Seuss story, which we're going to debate later in the program. Another one is, okay, so I, and for me, it's like I don't care at all. I've had my Twitter fights back in the day with Alec Baldwin. I'm done with Alec Baldwin. Anyway, Alec and his wife, apparently they posted on Instagram that they had welcomed their sixth child to their family. Here's my answer. Congratulations. Great. They shared the photo they took, and then I guess the star captioned, uh, I guess they have six kids. And anyway, it didn't allow comments. Then apparently there's a backlash from readers and followers who are sharing the photo, um, some fo- the same photo on their Instagram accounts, and many people taking jabs at, at this whole, you know, where did she grow up controversy, which I'll get to in a second. But anyway, one social media user commented with a petition to ask who the mother is. And the reason that question was asked, which I thought was bizarre at first, apparently they welcomed the couple's fifth child last September, leaving the user confused that, quote, she wasn't pregnant with baby number six. Now, first of all, my first question to anybody is, why do you care? Why does anybody care? And I'm saying this to my own staff. Why do you care? I don't care. But it's funny how much people care about this stuff. Anyways, well, she gave birth six months ago. If it was a surrogate, just say that. If the baby was adopted, just say that. If the baby was the product of an affair and you decided to raise it with your wife, just say that. If you don't want to say anything, why don't you stop constantly posting and begging for clickbait, which is kind of true. If you don't want comments or questions, I guess you don't have to print this stuff. I I actually prefer to live my life as privately as I can. And but, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it. Anyway, Baldwin clapped back with, you know, you need to shut the F up and mind your business. And I'm like, well, you know, I get if you post something, you expect that people are kind of going to respond or comment on it. And I Linda, why do you, you are so worked up on this? It, I'm laughing at your reaction to it because it means nothing to me. It's Absolutely not it's nothing. not that it means nothing or it means anything or it means something. What, what irritates me Pretty much everything about him irritates me. Let, let's start from that, right? So he's at like a negative already. But then him and this woman that he's married, the two of them are just complete and total media. I can't use the word in the 3.30 hour, but, you know, they like to be on camera quite a can't bit. can't use it in any hour, which one, because I, I not one of the pastor seven. is listening, but go I'm ahead. I'm sure he is. Pastor Tim, I'm sorry I need to talk advance. to your pastor. We need to have a conversation. In any event. But it's like they... They make this announcement. It's very strange. Like modern science does not apply to you. Like the whole believe the science movement of the left. Suddenly six months, you know, we've got a baby unless it was a preemie. Was it premature? Doesn't look premature. They didn't say it was premature. So we got two infants. One suddenly appears well, six months later. You're right. They shouldn't have posted it. I hey, don't true. post it. Just, you know, be quiet. And then Stop now talking. it got even more angry. I mean, he tells everyone to shut the F up and mind their business. But that's and his then- default. That's his and default. Then, He's the he goes, angry man. Well, he just quit Twitter for the 400th time two months ago. And so he back at it anyway. And he says, because basically they're not smart. Americans are people that know less about how to live in a peaceful. Imagine getting lectured. on. First of all, this guy is a man who reads the words that other men have written. So he needs to shut it up. OK, when you start writing your own words, then we'll talk. Second of all, well, do no, not disparage worse, your though. nation. Let me finish this. Started to live it. Americans are people who know less about how to live in a peaceful, healthy life than most of the civilized world. I mean, he's just blasting every, he's just losing it online. Listen, I can go on a, 
Go ahead. As our Scott Shannon Liner so aptly said in 2016, the jet is ready. <laughs> Go bye-byes. Yeah. No one will miss you. Sayonara. See you later. Take you and your family and have a nice life in some other civilized place that you think is better than America. Then it got into the, the whole controversy again about, I, you know, you know what my attitude is, is like, are people are interested in this, that's fine. But if he doesn't, does, if you don't want attention, then don't talk about your family. Don't post about your family. That, I don't know why you would put pictures the, of your children I'm the online first anyway. That says leave kids alone, right? Didn't I always say that about? Always. I, what did I say about the Obamas? I always said Sasha and Malia are, are off limits. Well, and I said I also said people say you can't say one good thing about Obama. I said you know I actually think they're really good parents. They, they seem to have raised great kids. That's my take, and I I, I meant that. You know, zero. Right, but that was none of Hunter, our business. By the way, is not a kid. People say, "Well, you attack Hunter's fifty years old." Not He's only not that, he was using the office for his own personal gain. So that's a different conversation, right? I mean, it's horrible. These kids they have to go off to college, and they got Secret Service. Well, they're also or, you know, growing up in the terrible. White House. You know, it's the same exact thing as what happened to you know Barron. It's the same exact thing as what happened to Bush's daughters. You know, they grew You're up right. in the White House. It's very it was different. Terrible. It was very different, and yeah, the the the, the media mob is all limits. You leave kids alone. I agree. Very well said. Um, l- listen, I'll even be gracious. Oh, congratulations on your new baby. But if you don't want comments, don't post it. It's that simple. This is why I don't have any access to any social media. I don't read it. I haven't read it in years. I don't. I don't have email. I haven't had it for years. I don't want it. I'm never going to use it again. And I have. It's very hard to get a hold of me, and that is by design. And you know what? I actually am freer than I've ever been by being off this crap. I mean, my last big fight was Jimmy Kimmel, which we won, but that's a separate issue for another day. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't reengage if needed. I, I want to always hold out there. There's still a little bit of that fight in me. If you get me the wrong way, I'll go at it. Um, anyway, so turning to... You know, now that you've seen this turn on Andrew Cuomo, you now have a Democrat representative saying he needs to resign. This push is from the left. These are Democrats. All the things everybody that's out there criticizing. You have a picture in the front page of the New York Post, Andrew Cuomo's hands around the neck. I mean, it's kind of Joe Biden-ish, that creepy Biden photo stuff. But anyway... Now the governor's third accuser says he gave her an unsolicited kiss and I was confused and shocked and embarrassed. And um, this is now a very real, clear issue for him that I don't know how this is going to ultimately end. But I will say it's the media. It's Democrats doing this. This has to be a backstory. Why did the New York Times that never covers anything fairly why did the New York Times, there's got to be a backstory here, and I suspect it's it's rooted in the the Ron Kim issue, which is that he's bullied people for a long time, and this is like payback, and people have had it. Um, his former, I guess, girlfriend has even said she just reacted with three words, oh, my God, oh, boy. Uh, that's not exactly sounding good either there. And, you know, him saying it's a joke, but anyway, so they have hired a defense attorney uh, for the nursing home scandal and for this particular one, uh, now that a third woman has made 
allegations of unwanted sexual advances. An ex-Clinton aide has blasted Democrats for their Me Too double standard. Well, I mean, you can kind of go back to Hillary Clinton and James Carville um, and his comments about Paula Jones at the time. But can I kiss you is a problem. Cuomo hired the same attorney that had represented Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen. I'm not sure if that's the guy I would have hired, but I don't know anything about him. Um, which is, I guess, his choice. New York Democratic politicians now are calling on him to resign, including his arch nemesis, Comrade de Blasio. If allegations are true, he he should have resigned, of course. A Democrat, Kathleen Rice, leading the calls for him to resign. New York Democratic Assemblywoman Jessica Gonzalez Rojas. It's time for Governor Cuomo to resign. New York State Senator Gustavo Rivera saying, I've seen more than enough as well. He needs to resign. These are Democrats. I haven't seen one. Republicans are useless in New York. There is no Republican. But doesn't something bother you about all of this? What? The fact that all of those people dying in the nursing homes and the terrible atrocities against our elderly is completely fine and no one says a word. But then the sexual assault allegation comes out and now they're all up in arms. It's, I think it's been a, this has been building momentum and it's accumulating and which is often the case. Now we played last night on TV and I'll play it later in the show. I won't play it now, but people didn't pay any attention in the media mob because Joe Biden was in his basement bunker hiding within the, in the media mob, big tech, um, you know, hide program. What, what do I call this thing? The protection program. They didn't do any vetting of, of Biden. Now we see the cognitive struggles that I've been highlighting are more than real just in the last week alone and over the weekend. But there are two women. One is Tara Reid. The other is Lucy Flores. And they gave detailed accusations. I'll play part of it later in the program. Does this now impact Joe Biden, who's now demanding that there be an investigation into Cuomo? And I'm not even talking about the the creepy Biden videos that are out there where he's sniffing everybody's hair and everything else in between. Tara Reid has already spoken out, telling the New York Times that Biden pinned her to a wall in the Senate building, reached under her clothing, and I don't, I can't even, I can't go any further. Um, anyway, Reid praised Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez and said that, well, she was the first one that came out. I, I got to give Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I mean, I don't agree with her policies, but she seems true to them. Like Bernie Sanders is a real, true socialist believer. I don't know what Joe believes. I don't even know if he knows what day of the week it is at this point. And, you know, I this is I have to admit that something I didn't know who the lieutenant governor of New York is. That's how little I pay now to New York of politics, because there's no point. It is a one party run state. End of sentence. And those New Yorkers, if you might remember Cuomo saying, the ones that are pro-life and pro-Second Amendment and assault weapon, blah, 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 blah. And I, they're not, want, they're not New Yorkers. I'm like, oh, then all the governors around the country started inviting me to move to their states. I should have taken them up on the offer and gotten out as fast as I could. Um, but anyway, this would be Rice. Uh, th- this is with Kathleen Rice and now these Democrats lining up to say he should resign. And the time has come. They're, they're out there tweeting. And, you know, these are top Democratic women breaking ranks. One has to wonder how this 
impacts in whatever way. Now, the person that is the lieutenant governor, her name is Kathy uh, Hochul. She would make history if if he resigned or was removed through impeachment. She would, in fact, now um, become the governor of the state. In other words, that would make history. Article to uh, according to Article Four, New York State's Constitution, Hochul would take over as governor, becoming the 57th chief executive, first female governor in the state's 250-year history. So she's in; she would be in line next to take that position. And Biden's out there supporting an independent review of these harassment claims. Notice people aren't saying, I believe. They're not doing the I believer thing the way they did against Justice Kavanaugh. Even with the, remember, Julie Swetnick. Every, just about every other weekend, they'd spike the punch, then boys would line up in the hall and take their turns and gang rape these young girls. Horrible allegations. It turned, well, then that became, well, I never saw him spike the punch. I once saw him near a punch bowl. I never saw him give a, a, a drink to anybody, but I, did, I do remember him with a red Solo cup. He wasn't lined up in a hall, but I saw him in a hall, and the whole thing fell apart. I mean, there, sh- there should be severe penalties when people lie in these cases, because you take a serious, significant issue and you, you're using it as a political weapon. You're weaponizing an issue of real importance. And uh, it's just not fair to innocent victims that, are, they're, they're, that they do exist, which is why I don't rush to judgment. and I'm not rushing to judgment here. There should be a that we now know that the. You know, in 2018, Andrew Cuomo wanted the former New York AG to resign before an investigation and allegations. Hired a criminal defense attorney. 71% say Cuomo knew and the true number of COVID nursing home deaths and concealed it. That's New Yorkers. He once had an 87% approval because of these stupid PowerPoints of his. And it was Donald Trump that built, manned the hospitals, converted them to COVID, and that remained empty, which was which makes that so much worse. Because we had places to send people with fully manned, every bit of PPE, every ventilator you could ever want. It's, un- it's pretty unbelievable. Um, so we'll watch what happens here. By the way, Texas, your governor is about to lift the restrictions on Texas businesses, all COVID restrictions. And Michigan, by the way, Gretchen Whitmer is now facing her own nursing home scandal. And uh, what's happening there is... Republican lawmakers demanding demanding an investigation into the handling of nursing homes. And uh, they now announced that they are preparing a lawsuit against Whitmer for release of the state coronavirus nursing home health care data, which they're not letting people see. And uh, that's beginning to blow up there as well. A lot of news happening out there. 800-941-SEAN, including canceling Dr. Seuss. We'll get to that debate coming up. Our big debate coming up about Dr. Seuss books. I haven't looked at a Dr. Seuss book. Does, now, does Liam read Dr. Seuss books at all? Green Eggs and Ham? Oh, yeah. And he does. Okay. Love so, it. I, I read that one of their books in particular last year, like, it's $33 million for, for Dr. Seuss. I definitely did not read that book. I'd, apparently, apparently, I didn't read any of these books. If I did, I might be, a, I, I guess, a worse person than I we, am. We get our books from the library, so I don't know anything about that version. Oh, my gosh. You still go to the library. Of course. It's a wonderful experience. Unbelievable. All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. We have that debate coming up. Our buddy Leo 2.0 is going to join us. 
All right. One of the things now, there are people predicting that Cuomo is might not survive as governor of New York. Um, I don't know if that's the case. And as I said, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be who I am and who I am is I believe in due process. I believe in presumption of innocence and I'm already getting attacked for that. And well, I did the same thing during Kavanaugh. I did the exact same thing in the Duke lacrosse case, UVA case. I've done it time and time again. You know, when I came around on Clinton, I, I actually interviewed Paula Jones. I met and interviewed, met and interviewed Kathleen Willey and Jennifer Flowers and interviewed uh, Juanita Broderick and and got to look at what what they said and how they said it. And then you make a determination based on timelines, facts, other information that you have, et cetera, et cetera. And but I don't rush to judgment. I don't know. I just don't. But I know Kamala Harris, she was the, the leading I believer of the I believer caucus in the Senate. And just to remind you, here's some of her I believing moments. I believe her. Listen, first of all, anybody who comes forward at this point um, to, to, to be prepared to testify in the United States Senate against someone who is being nominated to one of the most powerful positions in the United States government, that takes an extraordinary amount of courage. I believe, I believe, I believe, but does she believe Tara Reid and Lucy Flores? Because those are two women that women that the media mob failed to cover as they kept uh, Joe Biden in his basement bunker in the candidate protection program. Uh, here's Tara Reid and here's Lucy Flores talking about Biden. And he had me um, against the wall. And then his hands were down my skirt and up my skirt. And I was wearing, um, I wasn't wearing face or anything. He was just trying to kiss me and I was pulling away. And what I remember of that time is is feeling really shocked, surprised because there was no real conversation right beforehand. I was obviously pulling away, and he pulled back and said, "You know, come on, man, I heard you liked me." Very unexpectedly and out of nowhere, I feel Joe Biden put his hands on my shoulders, get up very close to me from behind, lean in, smell my hair and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. To have the vice president of the United States do that to me so unexpectedly and just kind of out of nowhere, it was just shocking. Now, I don't think there's many people, except for us, that have shown the creepy Joe videos out there. This this hair sniffing thing of his is real. You know, him getting in the grill and, and inappropriate touching and he even had to apologize. That was the one thing he apologized for during the campaign because it was it was it's just so creepy. Uh, now, the question is the double standard, the media double standard. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist with The Hill. You know, you, you well, first on Cuomo, I mean, with the new allegations and now hiring a defense attorney and now the AG is all over him in the state of New York, and Democrats are demanding now that he resign. Where does this go? 
that's the thing, right? If this were a partisan type of attack on Cuomo or just coming from Republicans, then, yeah, he survives probably because it's seen as exactly that, as partisan theater. In this case, it's Democrats who are hammering him, whether that be Assemblyman Ron Kim. Remember, he said that he was bullied by Cuomo. Other people have said that in the Democratic Party as well in New York, that Cuomo was a bully. Then you talk about Alexandria. Well, by the way, media people have said the same thing, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, that's, that's been known for, for quite some time, that, that this is exactly the warm and fuzzy guy that everybody thought they got to know last year during COVID-19 and those PowerPoint presentations that won him an Emmy. Hey, when are the Emmy people going to ask for that thing back, by the way? But before we go off on a tangent, Sean, uh, I just don't – I wonder, because it's New York, and his approval rating is still 40-something percent. So could he just kind of weather this and just not run for a fourth term? Yeah, I could see that yeah, more. As I don't think there's any perhaps. poll that's accurate that's out now because this is really now hitting critical mass at this moment as we speak and i I would expect that number is going to drop precipitously well let me put it this way in july he was at nearly 70 percent and now he's underwater so we're talking like a 20 elliot spitzer used to be the governor too client number nine that's a great point yeah, boy, I forgot about him. Long time. Uh, and then he got a show on CNN after that, which completely meant that it made sense. Parker uh, Spitzer, I think it was called. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, with, with Cuomo, it's, what, what bothers me a bit is everybody's concentrating on the sexual harassment, and then they should. Three women have come forward, including that one where you see the picture where it's on the cover of the New York Post today, where he's touching this woman's face, and she has this look of horror, like, Mike, just get, get your hands off me type of thing. So when you start to see photos, that, that really drives home. But it's the nursing home scandal. That that's the bigger scandal. And if Governor Cuomo is out, that should be it. And then sending the COVID-19 positive patients back in there, you know, it's like taking a flamethrower to drive grass. That, that's one thing as far as nursing homes. But then for his own aide to say that we didn't share the numbers completely because we were afraid of a Trump DOJ investigation, that's literally the admission of a cover-up. So if he's going to go, the sexual harassment maybe, but I think the nursing home scandal is a far, far worse problem for him right now. And as you said, a Democratic attorney general and tish james is the one who's uh, going after him so he can't say anymore that it's trump's fault it's republicans fault it's his own party that says you know what you're expendable now maybe last year when you were the anti-trump in the media's eyes you served a purpose now he's dispensable it seems to democrats anyway and now here's the prospect though here's the problem right it's like when you take out a mob boss who replaces the mob boss or when you take out the terror leader who replaced the terror leader in this case i'm hearing bill de blasio is now considering a run for governor god no no oh, man could you imagine i think it's clear the attorney general uh, wants to run for governor, too. Uh, yeah. Now, considering that the I Believer Caucus made such a big deal about this with Kavanaugh and their silence of so many has been deafening, and, and a few, though, we've been able to shame into finally saying something. They're not saying I believe. They're just saying, oh, this is serious. We've got to take it serious. Not the they're not with the same passion they were going after uh, Justice Kavanaugh. And, but many still remain silent. Now the question is, I just played two cuts of two women making allegations against Joe Biden. I don't think anybody that watches my TV show has missed me playing creepy Joe video because it is creepy. And yeah. uh, sorry, it's just the hair sniffing, the inappropriate touching. I mean, even he eventually acknowledged it, but it's creepy stuff. 
Yeah, I'm a parent, and and I don't go near anybody else's kids. All right, I don't I don't pick them up, I don't touch them, I don't. It's just weird just to even do anything like that. And if I saw anybody do that with my kid, another dad like start to sniff hair or do anything, uh, you know, I'd break his jaw for him. I hate to say it, I'm not a very violent person, but don't touch my kids, please, in any kind of weird way. But yeah, I, I want to hear from Elizabeth Warren, probably the most self righteous of of all senators out there. Last year, I'm sorry. 2018, here's what you said about Brett Kavanaugh. Republicans are playing politics with the Supreme Court, and they are willing to step on anyone, including the victim of a vicious sexual assault, in order to advance their agenda. You know what word's missing there, Sean? Alleged victim. In other words, Kavanaugh, guilty until proven innocent. Hillary Clinton, same thing. Kamala Harris, the most invisible vice president I think I've ever seen. I mean, you just played a clip of her. I forgot what she sounded like. I mean, I know why they hide Joe Biden pretty much, uh, as far as the press is concerned, but where is Kamala I think she's working and apparently is making all the phone calls to foreign leaders on Joe's behalf. I guess Joe's taking his little nappy every day, which brings us to another question. Listen, these last two weeks, I, I don't know if you noticed, I, I, I said this the whole campaign. I referred to Joe as, you know, the hiding in his basement bunker, weak, frail, struggling cognitively. Said the same thing. Then he becomes president and I say it, then I get the crap beat out of me for a couple of weeks now, nobody's beating the crap out of me any longer because of what we saw last week and what we saw over the weekend, Joe. What is going on here? And and it, it's beginning to look to me like a lot of people know within his circle he's he's got some issues and they're hiding it and they hid it the whole time. Yeah, and, and we're not joking about it, right? I mean, I no, I'm not joking about it, and I'm not playing doctor. I'm not making any medical do- uh, diagnosis. I want to be very clear. But the guy that left four years ago is not the guy I see today. Yeah, during the primaries, when I was kind of looking to see how Biden would do in debates, I went back and watched him debate Paul Ryan in 2012 in that vice presidential debate. Mm-hmm. Remember, Romney cleaned Obama's clock in the first one, so that was a very important debate all of a sudden. And Biden, he was sharp. He was fast. He was vicious to a certain extent, but it was like watching a different person. It was like watching Mike Tyson against Michael Spinks instead of Mike Tyson against Lennox Lewis. It's like, whoa, this is a completely different person, right? So, yeah, I mean, here's the bottom line. Where is the State of the Union? You know, which isn't the... the well, where's the state the of union? But remember, before the prep, before the debates with Trump, he'd be out of pocket completely for six or yeah. seven days. And and, lid, right? I, and I was saying, oh, I know what they're doing. They're they're readjusting his clock so his peak cognitive hours nine p.m. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe, amazing, maybe, right? maybe like, Hannity was right again. I know. I know the media hates when that happens. But but, but seriously, though, I mean, every year we have that speech to the joint session of Congress, right? Or otherwise known as the State of the Union. Why hasn't he given it? I mean, he literally just has to read a teleprompter. That, that can't be too difficult. So why isn't that happening? And then also, he hasn't done a full-blown press conference yet. And at this stage... Trump did, and Obama did, and Clinton did, and Bush did. So, yeah, it, over the last two weeks particularly, uh, they've they basically hidden them. And, and, and this is during when you're about to pass a $2 trillion spending bill, where like maybe 9% of it has to do with COVID. Is he going to answer any questions about this? No, of course not. So, yeah, I, we're not joking here. Uh, there, there is yeah, we call him no-show no show Joe. Is Linda's screaming in my ear. You can say it on the air. I mean, I'm not going to be able to stop you anyway, what so you might as well just put your mic on and say it. Yeah, that's why John knows what I sound like. Out. You can tell him. It's all good. You could tell him. You could talk about it. I'll say it the way Linda. I'll put maybe to talk about it. I'll show Joe. First of Joe. all, it was Ethan's idea. Joe yeah. Conscious. I will tell him since you can't say no show Joe. 
And since Joe Concha was making such a great point about the fact that Joe Biden hasn't shown up for anything, I thought it was appropriate. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. You're People welcome, my friend. Liam. So we, we got something very good. In yes, we do. Quick break. More with Joe Concha on the other side. I know you're dying to hear the Dr. Seuss debate. That's coming up at the top of the next hour. 800-941-SHAWN. We'll get to your calls. Amazing Hannity tonight, too, 9 Eastern. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. As we continue with Joe Concha discussing the massive double standard in the world. Oh, you know, Linda's pastor, she joined this new church. And apparently now he listens to the program and knows that Linda curses a lot because I... I out her, out her on the cursing all the time. Wow, this segment has taken a very odd turn. And, and Joe, you're wow. going to love this part. You're going to love this part, too. Now, what the pastor doesn't quite know yet is that Linda has to start singing in the church. They, they, they do contemporary Christian music, Waymaker and Reckless Love of God and some great anthem, Christian anthem songs. Wow. Linda would be very good at that, uh, Pastor. And uh, if you'd like to contact me, Linda's free to give you my phone number. She does have a voice of an angel. That's true. Problem is that she might not be able to get to it in time because confession goes on for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that is true. That is, by the way, you need to go to confession for even saying that. Me, you know, me, you know, say, speaking the obvious that Linda curses a lot. I mean, that, that's okay. But Joe Concha's never heard these words before. I mean, this is the whole thing about they're so outraged over a Trump tweet. They never were that outraged over a Trump tweet. You know, and the sick part is sexual harassment is a real serious, significant issue. But once the dopey Republicans handled it right in the Kavanaugh case, they took it seriously. They had a full investigation and hearing. Witnesses were heard from. And then we began to see stories fall apart, like in the case of Swetnick, et cetera. Um, but now, now the, the I Believer caucus is, is just tone deaf. They don't care about the issue. It'll, they only, it's only important to them, Joe, if they can bludgeon a Republican or a conservative over it. Yeah, it's weaponized, right? And, and remember, you mentioned Julie Swetnick, right, represented by Michael Avenatti, the, the, the former serious presidential candidate who became, you know, co-captain of his debate team at Rikers, right? I mean, it didn't, didn't work out very well for him. But when this guy comes forward and says, oh, yeah, I got this client that says that Brett Kavanaugh was party to gang rapes uh, back in high school, and NBC put it right on the air right away. No vetting, right? No scrutiny. They give her a national platform. And then after the, the interview, they say to the audience, uh, NBC News could not verify any of Ms. Swetnick's claims. <laughs> you put her on the air i mean unbelievable thing. you see Lindsay boland doing any interviews i don't that's that's cuomo's first accuser she works for him so yeah no one's rushing to get the Lindsay boland interview but they put sweatnik on the air in about eight seconds so go figure 25 to the top of the hour well if you listen to joe biden's homeland security chief there is no crisis at the border we are not saying don't come we are saying don't come now because we will be able to deliver um, a safe and orderly process to them uh, as quickly as possible. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the, uh, um, the answer is no. Uh, I think there is a challenge at the border that we are managing, and we have our resources dedicated to, to managing it. If there is a safe way to do this, to get reporters down there, to show the American people the conditions there where these unaccompanied children are being held, would you allow that? Um, uh, I'm happy to uh, take a look at that. To, uh, I owe it to my people to understand the situation and the reasons uh, why access was denied. I will share with you uh, something, um, uh, another 
um, a principle to which I uh, intend to hear throughout my uh, tenure, and that's openness and transparency. Yeah, just don't come now, and there's no crisis at the the southern border. Well, that's where about 90% of heroin and opioids cross and fentanyl come into this country from our southern border. Uh, You know, we have highway border patrol agents now. They've had to send reinforcements to the border amid the surge in, in migrants. We see what's happening now with kids in cages. They've now been put in cargo containers with bars on the windows, but they do have pictures of butterflies inside. So we've gotten rid of the Biden Obama era kids in cages problem. And one Texas Democrat, uh, Vincente Gonzalez, a Democrat, saying the border crisis could be a catastrophe for my district and my party, actually saying that. An Arizona sheriff saying, yeah, there is a border crisis. And these border policies are are just absolute failure, but it's all part of the plan to get to what? Full-on amnesty and open borders. And then they won't allow the media to even tour migrant children facilities. You know, the cargo containers were bars on the tiny windows because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I guess they want to put up more pictures of more butterflies. You know, Joe Biden yesterday saying Mexico is an equal as he dismantles Trump's immigration policies. In other words, legal immigration, and we replace it with more illegal immigration. Uh, So we'll see whether or not this amnesty bill, I guess that'll be executive fiat number, you know, 4,822 of Joe Biden. Uh, But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Anyway, joining us now is Derek Maltz. He's a former agent in charge of the DEA Special Operations Division. Discusses what's really happening at the southern border. Well, you heard the DHS secretary tell us there's no crisis at the southern border. Who's right? Well, hey, Doe and Sean, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, just talk to the experts. Listen to the people that work on the border. We have a fentanyl methamphetamine crisis like we've never seen, 81,000 dead Americans in a 12-month period from fentanyl. We have kids dying all over the country. But when you run a uh, campaign with radical immigration plan, the whole world is listening. These people are watching the moves, right? So the leader of the United States is telling people, you know, Free insurance, open borders, right? Catch and release is done, right? You're going to just get the people out in the public again. You know, halting deportation, shutting down ICE. Of course you have a crisis. The beds are at like almost 100% capacity, right? You listen to the experts, there's going to be 13,000, you know, uh, children that are going to be here by May. And they're lining up. And they've been lining up ever since Trump lost the election with Biden's uh, comments about the border. So I don't know where this guy's talking about. There's no crisis, Sean. It's pretty obvious we have a crisis. And they're building up new facilities, like DOD's talking about building up new tent cities, right? And, and DHS is bringing people from the northern border. I hope we don't lose track of people coming across the northern border when we ship resources because we don't have enough resources. And the morale is terrible, by the way, Sean. Well, I, how could it be any good? So we, we were up to the point it was about 90% of the heroin and now fentanyl, and you rightly point out methamphetamine crossing that border into the United States. Is it about 90% of what comes into this country? Because we're losing uh, quite a number of people every, every day of uh, every year to the opioid crisis we have in the country. Then you look at the way children... You ever think that you'd go from kids in cages, blame Donald Trump, even though Biden and Obama built the kids in cages, they built the cages, 
Now they're putting him in cargo ship containers with bars on the window. And now we've got, what, 13, 14,000 more kids expected uh, oh, in just a few days. That's not going to be too good either. Well, Sean, the other thing, too, let's not forget about this, this journey that these people are making to come to America for a better life. Look at the January incident when 19 people, including these Guatemalans, I think there were 17 Guatemalans and two Mexicans, they were mutilated, burned up. Their bodies were so bad they couldn't even identify them, and they made a 2,000-mile journey to, this, to, the, you know, to the American border. And people aren't talking about all the tractor trailers that are coming in with these young kids that are suffocating, that are dying in the tractor trailers from the heat, right? But going back to the drugs, Sean, the other problem we have is China's influence with the Mexican cartels. China is now playing a very significant role, not just with the precursor chemicals, but they're dominating now all the money laundering services businesses for the cartels. So they're getting the chemicals from China. They're getting the, uh, the money services taken care of. So business is booming, right, as families are just loved ones, over 210 a day. And they're just coming in across the border, setting up command and control throughout America. You have El Mencho. You have the Sinaloa cartel where they're setting up in the hub cities and now spreading out throughout America. The Mexican oxy pills are booming. We have unprecedented levels of seizures. One pill is killing kids immediately, Sean. It's a crisis like we've never seen. But we're not even talking about it in the media, right? That's the other thing. I didn't hear Joe Biden bring that up to the president of Mexico yesterday, right? That was a, a sweeper of a, of a meeting, by the way, Sean. I've been in plenty of government meetings. That was a disaster in itself, the meeting, watching this guy talk to another leader where we have these problems on our border. It's so transparent. You just need to open your eyes, sort of like the the full on denial that there was violence in American cities every single night when buildings are ablaze and rocks and bricks and bottles and Molotov cocktails are being launched at, you know, police officers and some twenty five hundred injured. Thirty people died in the process of these things and the media mob and Democrats. Oh, no, no, they were all peaceful. No, they weren't peaceful. Um, and they want us to just deny the, the reality of all this. You know, I look at what's happening on the border. I've been down there at least 14 times myself. And I look at what's happening. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I, I've been to the drug warehouses as well. Floor to ceiling, nothing but drugs and a stench that is the worst you've ever smelt in your life. Uh, very, very frightening times. And to just deny the reality, it's it's pretty unbelievable here. Now, are the people that are coming in, are they wearing masks? Are we checking if they have radical associations or making any type of health check? Are we are we insisting that people be able to take care of themselves financially if they get into the country? Well, see, that's another whole issue, Sean. I mean, we have like we, we have our schools closed throughout America, but yet we're just welcoming these people in. Right. What is the processes? I think I know right now HHS is just worried about getting these kids on planes, shipping them to cities near you. Right. They're coming around America now to the cities and they're coming into these areas. They're going they're going to be going to the schools when they reopen and the schools are already overcrowded. Right. So we don't know. Also, Sean, all these special interest aliens that are coming in from around the world. We saw last month when they stopped 11 Iranians. Right. So we have folks from Africa, the Middle East from Yemen and all kinds of parts of the world. And we don't even know who's coming in because the, mm. the gotaways, Sean, what about the gotaways, right? The statistics on the CBP will estimate those that get away, right? That cross over in between the port of entries and they just run into America. 
they're, they're estimating like thousands and thousands of these getaways like every day. So we have a big, serious issue, and we're not trying to be overly dramatic, but this is going to really hurt our communities. I, I, I get calls every day from families of the fallen uh, from fentanyl, right? These families are just devastated. There's no talk in the media, right? So you had the celebrity's uh, child who died. She's a news broadcaster out in L.A., 16-year-old kid on Snapchat. All of a sudden, people are talking about this counterfeit pill stuff. But it's it's coming in like we've never seen before. None of the main street media is talking about it. I don't understand. Well, it. Let me ask you this question: thing. So they won't let the media into the new uh, cargo sh- the cargo ship containers that they're now putting these kids in with tiny windows with bars on them. Uh, that's claiming because of COVID protocols. Uh, so I guess those kids are are have no adult supervision whatsoever. We can't give somebody a COVID test and allow them to go in with a camera to reassure the American people that these beautiful design cargo ship uh, containers with butterfly pictures on the walls is really a good place to put kids. I guess it gives them time to re- renovate them before the uh, media finally gets in there. Yeah, yeah, remember, Sean, those were the cages under Donald Trump, right? Now they're professional facilities, right? It's all semantic. It's semantics from Washington. It's the land of the make-believe, Sean, obviously. They call it the swamp, which is absolutely accurate. But I used to call it the land of the make-believe because these people are self-serving. They care about themselves. They care about their bank accounts. But they don't care about the citizens in America and this is what we're seeing, you know, every day now. Well, how many years, where did you do most of the, the work that you've done as a former agent in charge of the DEA Special Ops uh, Division? Where did you do most of your work? Where did you work out of? Well, we worked out in Northern Virginia, Sean. We had 30 agencies. We yeah. were synchronizing efforts, the U.K., the, the Canadians, the Brits, the NYPD we brought down, going after the networks, but all around the world. But we focused primarily on the Southwest border. But we also saw cases with the Hezbollah operatives involved with trade-based money laundering with the Mexican cartels, you know, billions of dollars a year moving used cars from America into West Africa to sell. And then Hezbollah was making all this money. And the main guy was indicted for moving the proceeds of 85,000 kilograms of, of the cartel's uh, drugs. Well, here's so, the bottom line. Everybody now around the world knows Joe Biden just opened the borders and amnesty is, is going to be the, your reward if he can get in. Um, anyway, I appreciate it. Derek uh, Maltz, thank you. Thanks for the work you've done. We appreciate you being with us and giving us an update and telling us the truth because Biden's uh, own DHS secretary is not telling us the truth, which is sad, and it's only going to get worse. Mark my words. This is a guarantee. Now let's get to our busy telephones as we say hi to Nicole is in Idaho. Nicole, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. I wanted to add to something you were saying about looking beyond Trump's personality. And it reminded me of a scriptural verse that says, by their works, you shall know them. And uh, that's what led me to vote for him in November. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I just didn't know him. But uh, his works proved uh, that he was worthy of my vote. And um, regardless of how the election turned out, I'm proud to say that I voted for him. And uh, he certainly delivered conservatism when it's applied those principles always work socialism will always fail and we're going to learn the hard way again unfortunately and as it relates to stylistic differences 
Remember the apostles? I'll, I'll give you a scripture myself. The apostles, they were upset. They, they went to Jesus and they said, you know, you, they're, they're casting out demons in, in your name. And Jesus turned to them and said, he who's not against us is with us. And it was yeah. an interesting answer, right? Um, Absolutely. Look, we're not going to agree with our fellow brethren conservatives on anything, but there's never been a more conservative governing president in our lifetime. Freedom, freedom of religion, uh, relationship with Israel, uh, keeping taxes, his, his tax cut promise, keeping his bureaucracy cut promise, appointing judges that were originalists and constitutionalists and finding the way to get the money for the border wall that he built or energy independence that he provided or even, you know, the president vowing in and keeping a promise to restore law and order and safety and security in cities. You know, then then what he did with free and fair trade deals, then what he did with peace through strength and took out the caliphate and took out Baghdadi and Soleimani and, and the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. I mean, it was powerful. Um, those principles, when you use them, they work every single time. It's like stick with the fundamentals. First Amendment, Second Amendment, protect it. Very, very simple stuff. All right. Now, when we come back, this is going to get very interesting very fast. Leo Terrell, and we have a professor, name is Professor Dabinga, and they're going to debate the canceling of Dr. Seuss books. We'll tell you why people want these books canceled, why they have been canceled, and much, much more on the other side. We'll debate it. 800-941-SHAWN, our number. Say DVR. Hannity, we got a great show, 9 Eastern tonight. Quick break, final News Roundup information overload hours next. Stay right here for our final News Roundup and information overload. All right, News Roundup information overload hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, a huge controversy. We First, we thought it was Mr. Potato Head, but Mrs. Potato Head stays. But then a gender-neutral Mr. Potato Head, and he's just going to call, be called Potato Head. Um, okay, these are all the issues. I, I, I understand people want to talk about cultural issues. You know, I would really focus, want to focus more on preserving American jobs for workers and getting people the vaccine. But uh, anyway, these controversies keep coming up and we're keeping you up to speed because that is our job. Now, we've all heard of Dr. Seuss and Dr. Seuss books, you know, like Hop on Pop and Green Eggs and Ham. It's been many, many years. My kids are older now uh, since I've actually read one of these books, not planning on reading them again anytime soon. Um, but anyway, so what's happened, six books written by Dr. Seuss, and I read one of them was like a $33 million bestseller. I, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, the books, apparently, they're saying that six of them, including If I Ran the Zoo and Others will no longer be published due to, quote, racist and insensitive imagery going forward. These books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong, according to Dr. Seuss Enterprises, telling the Associated Press ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure the Dr. Seuss Enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and all families. And it's now become a big political issue, too. I guess you could say, I don't know, is this canceling Dr. Seuss? Cancel culture? I don't know. I, I just haven't looked at a book in a long time. Now, we do have a tape. So let's play like a little brief intro to Green Eggs and Ham. I am Sam. 
Sam I am. That's Sam I am. That's Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. He does not like them, Sam I am. He doesn't like, he doesn't like green eggs and ham. Would you like them here? Or there? I would not like them here. Or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. He doesn't like green eggs and ham. He doesn't like them. Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? I would not like them in a house. I would not like them with a mouse. I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. Green eggs and ham. He doesn't like green eggs and ham. He doesn't like them. He doesn't like green eggs and ham. Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? <gasps> no, not in a box, not with a fox. <laughs> Not in a house, not with a mouse. I would not eat them here or there. I would not eat them anywhere. Okay, now this has even reached the White House. Joe Biden has removed any mention of Dr. Seuss from Read Across America Day. There is an image of Michelle Obama reading a Dr. Seuss book with Dr. Seuss characters like Cat in the Hat, etc., to children that were also given Cat in the Hat hats i'm not an expert on this topic in any way shape matter or form leo terrell 2.0 is however fox news contributor civil rights attorney now we're also joined believe it or not people have a different point of view dr uh omi congo and his last name is dabinga dr dabinga thank you for being with us uh professor we appreciate it you're a diversity expert professor musician author debate and you're here to discuss it. Um, okay, what is your reaction to canceling these books? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And generally, I think that it's important that as a society, if we really want to make a, a society where everybody feels that they are included, we have to make sure that we're acknowledging the stories behind the stories we've been reading. Look, I grew up on Dr. Seuss. My kids have read Dr. Seuss. My kids downstairs watching one of the cartoons right now. But we have to be honest in terms of acknowledging the racist history of somebody like a Dr. Seuss. And the fact of the matter is he's had a history of, of racist stories in his books and even before he became a children's author. Well, let me ask and you a question. Did, like Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, you know that she believed in eugenics, correct? Yes. You, and but I believe the, that. But hang on, but the government gives Planned Parenthood hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you think they should stop doing that? Well, I think that anything that is attached to something in the past needs to be reviewed. And I didn't ask you that. Hundreds of millions of dollars go to an organization founded by a racist that believed in eugenics. Should any money I, go to such an organization founded by such a person? Considering you're supporting believe, canceling these books, I'm, I'm looking for, for intellectual consistency here. Intellectual consistency means that the organization no longer rejects that we represent that platform. And so I don't have a problem with that funding being happened. There have been several things that have happened in America that have racist origins. Right, we're not, origins I'm not asking. Not I'm asking, today. should an organization founded by a racist eugenist be getting a penny of federal dollars? 
that's not a question for me to answer right now. I believe but we, but you do Parenthood believe we should cancel so Dr. My, my Seuss short, books? My, my short answer is that I believe that Planned Parenthood is doing real work in the community, and I think that that organization should continue. As it relates to Dr. Seuss books, I don't have a problem with those books being taken off the shelves or not being sold. I think there are many other beautiful, incredible books that we can share with a new generation of children in order to learn. Leo 2.0, sir. You know, I, I just heard him refuse to answer your question. I want to be, be very, very I clear. I answered the question directly. I no, let me, no, sir, I didn't cut you off. Sir, please, give me some respect. Respect me. I did not cut you off. But I want to throw my credentials out. I want to throw my, excuse me, sir, please. I want to throw my credentials out there. I, a teacher for eight years with the LA Unified School District, a civil rights lawyer for 30 years who knows what discrimination is. Those books that I read, that you just admitted your kids read, are appropriate books historically. And if those books are books that were written in the context of history, let me be as clear as I can. You do not eliminate history. You do not rewrite history. Now, for you to have a problem with those books right now, that tells me you get to determine what I and millions of people want to read. And I think that's offensive. I think that's wrong. I think if any school district who cancels these books, that is unconstitutional from an expression of freedom of speech. Joe Biden basically has canceled Dr. Seuss, and you know what, Sean, the reason why these race issues are being brought up because they're gimmicks. The focus should be on economy and vaccines. But we have this, this, this skirmish today. That's a Democratic gimmick for this professor to say they should be canceled without saying why, without giving a reason why, without the background of these books. Show me any harm these books have done to any black, white, brown American before you decide to cancel. Show me the harm. Because you can't show it. It is typical oh, I can. democratic talking point. You cannot. Oh, I can. You have no facts. So are we going to also have this conversation about books that have been banned, like, you know, Beloved and the conversations like well, that? Well, hang on, oh, Professor. Uh, I, professor, I mean, Professor, if you don't mind, Leo asked a question. Let's keep the conversation flowing. He asked sure. you a specific question. What is Yeah, I'm waiting. Oh, my God. Show me the harm. Show me the causation. Oh, I'll show you the harm. harm. So, look, when we talk about Dr. Seuss books, I, I, I'm telling you the harm. When we talk about Dr. Seuss books, this when you put out images, World War II, his images that he put out of people oh. relating to Japanese people, his depiction of Africans in some of who these books, like I said, right I've read now. them. Who is the victim? Who is the victim who today? The, today, March 2nd. Because you said your kids are watching the, these Dr. Seuss. Show me that these books that were written for 30, 40 years is hurting blacks and browns today. Who is your example of today? Well, I'm talking you about today. Okay, the Sneetches. Let's talk about the Sneetches. You want an example you today? When you talk about the Sneetches, the, no, the Sneetches is Dr. Seuss. The Sneetches is taught in school, and the, teach, and the Sneetches talks about this. That is your opinion. idea who is, of colorblind who, who racism. Approach you? Who has approached you? Tell me, sir, who has approached you? All right, all right, guys, hang on. Let's, let's go one at a time. Doc, professor, let's give you a chance. To answer his question, yeah, specifically, yeah, to specifically give us an example of where you see that this is le uh, the right thing to do. An example would be with the classic The Sneetches, which is a book that deals with one group being oppressed, trying to be like its oppressor. That book is focused on teaching colorblindness as an acceptance, as, as a way of moving forward as a community, as opposed to looking at real structures of discrimination. Most people who are being oppressed don't try to fight to be like the other people. They fight to assert their own culture. And so when you talk about books like that, that promote a colorblind society without looking at the real structures of oppression, that is problematic for children today, sir. 
you know, this is a mismatch because, you know, if I had him in a courtroom, I'd destroy him. He won't answer the question. You can't name me a first I answer and the last question. name of a kid. No, you didn't. You just gave me rhetoric. You gave me talking points. What we're you, doing today, we're, we're canceling Dr. Seuss. No, no, we're That's talking about Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss wrote the sneeches. Oh, right. Dr. I know he did. Seuss and he wrote the and Dr. Book. Seuss evolved in those books. The last four books he wrote talked about diversity, talk about fairness. You read the whole history of Dr. Seuss, because I read them before I got on this program. And I'll ask you again on national radio, name me the first and last name of any victim who has been harmed by reading a Dr. Seuss book. First and last name. I want to go talk to that person. All right, Professor, there's a question, sir. Anybody who reads a book that reinforces a narrative that the way to move forward is to adopt a colorblind society, that hurts many children. I can give you the names of many. It's not about giving the name of children. It's about giving the name of community. Where you have teachers who are teaching this book and don't want to talk about being anti-racist, but just want to talk about having some type of kumbaya society, that hurts our kids. When you have teachers in school who use books like this and can't talk about structural racism that may affect the issues that may have these kids being challenged in school in the first place, look at these disparities with the COVID vaccine and how that's been exploited. I mean, come on, seriously? If you want me to give you a name of John Smith in, in Brooklyn, New York, I'm not going to do that. We're talking about a societal issue about a book that has been put, about books that have been put out there for, for years by somebody who has, I mean, the character of the cat in the hat is based off a minstrel character and a black woman who served in the elevator in his, in his building where Dr. Seuss was working. You want to talk about research? I got research for you for days as well. You will note I am neat. Wiped my feet on the mat. Why must you, why do you sit there like that? I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny. I know it is damp and the sidewalks are runny. But what I can't see... Now you listen here, cat. ...is why you'd sit there like that. I know some good games we can play. Listen, cat. I know some great tricks. Listen, cat and I... I know that your mother won't mind if I do, and I'm simply itching to show them to you and to you. All right, as we continue our debate about canceling Dr. Seuss books, uh, Leo 2.0, Leo Terrell, and Professor... De- uh, Dabinga's with us, a diversity expert, uh, musician, author, professor. Uh, Leo, you wanted to pick it up from here. Yeah, thank you very much, Sean. Because you know what, honestly, I'm not trying to demean my my opponent, but you know, I do this. I, I've been a civil rights lawyer for 30 years. I have to prove it in court, and he sees a diversity expert. Okay, I respect that. But when he throws out terms like systemic discrimination, racism, those are just throw general words. He cannot and will not be able to prove that those books have harmed black Americans. Give you a case in point. I read those books. I turned out to be a pretty good guy. I turned out to be a school teacher, still have my license. I still turned out to be a civil rights lawyer. But I recognize that when racism is being used as a tool, a gimmick, to say you cannot read these books because we don't like these books. It's wrong. Those books were written in the historical context of the times in which they were written. They're not being written today, and people need to know that. As a school teacher, I would tell my students how these books were written, the times that they were written, and how they do no longer have the effect of what's going on in society today. It shows the evolution of our society. That's why those books are more important than ever. But this man, my colleague, who's debating me, please just admit one fact. You don't have any specific facts 
that those books hurt anybody. But you could give me plenty of talking points, and I know that's the Democratic game. What it comes down to really at the end of the day is what do you define as hurt? You want to, and we can also talk about Dr. Seuss and the things that he wrote about Japanese people wanting him to be killed, cartoons and the like using the N-word. And to say that that was what, the, that was what he did during his time and to say like that's what all white people thought during his time. I don't think all white people were racist during World War II or in the 1930s. I don't believe that was the case. And as somebody who spends his days going into public, private, and charter schools, those conversations that you said the teacher should be having, they're not having with the students because they don't know how to. And so when they have books that might use terms like Huckleberry Finn and say things like the N-word, they'll turn to their black students and make them say the word, or they'll skip over it because they don't have a context to be able to have a conversation with the students on. That is harmful. When you can't teach context to children and you just put out messages and books like the Sneetches that promote a colorful right. society that, that doesn't exist in the first place, that harms not just black people, but America overall. Professor Dabinga, thank you. Leo 2.0, Leo Terrell, thank you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We'll have more of this tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern Fox News. We've got a great show tonight. Hope you'll set your DVR. Quick break. Your calls on the other side. 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll continue. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. A lot of you have been very, very patient here. Promise to get to the phones. We'll do that now. Bubba, what's going on in beautiful, sunny... Tax, no state income tax, Florida. What's going on? You know, Bubba, you're a we genius, and I'm an idiot. I'm paying 10, 10% state tax in New York and all sorts of other taxes you're not paying down in Florida. That makes me pretty dumb, and the weather sucks up here. Well, we love Mr. DeSantis over here. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, we love the cancel culture, and that's the reason for the call. Um, I've had to do a little bit of canceling culture myself, Sean. Uh, we had to cancel... Uh, public school, even though I live in Florida and our schools are open, uh, we had to cancel school. Um, we basically, we don't know who's doing what anymore. And that's my outlook on it. We have basically over the last 10 months found a retired teacher. We now pay this retired teacher. And in order to make it worth her while, our while, we actually pulled out 401k money to make it all happen. And hearing about Dr. Seuss, I just had to take, take the ball and run with it to make sure that my children got the education, the knowledge that was important to them, not any of the left side. That Listen, I, I they don't, don't really blame you. And more and more, homeschooling <laughs> is becoming bigger and bigger. Online, look, we learned a lot in this whole pandemic right we learned that teleworking is real and that's yes, the sir. future we learned teleeducation is real and that's the future we learned a lot of things uh and you know one of them is and i know first look i knew firsthand that i wanted to supplement my kids education and i always much to their chagrin by the way they, they, they were not you know all giddy about dad hiring a you know a tutor here right. and there for them but I did it for their benefit because I felt that there are gaps in the educational system that yes. needed to be filled, you know, Absolutely. And, and, you know, look, look at this California teachers union boss caught bringing his daughter to a private in-person preschool while advocating public schools stay closed uh, or new footage showing Gavin Newsom inside a restaurant dining where dining is banned. And his answer is, well, I didn't need anything. Oh, there's a, oh, okay. Is that what the police are going to tell me? You know, if I went in there, I doubt it. 
So, I mean, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. I, I don't blame parents. The good news for parents, though, is they have mastered online education. I'm telling you, I know for a fact. And, and even for those of you that wanted to go back to college, they've mastered it for college, too. And they hold you accountable and you got to show up and you got to watch the lectures and you got to take notes and you got to take tests, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they make you work and they might do less, you know, memorization testing, but then you're going to write a lot more papers and they better be good because you're going to be graded on it. So well, the good thing, Sean, though, is with the, with the teacher and, and I didn't, you know, uh, tell you the whole deal was she teaches my son history. Yeah, she teaches I, I, my son. And it, I know and, and I know parents things. that have formed groups to teach their kids about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Those groups have emerged around the country, too. And I think that we are going to basically have to take uh, education. Uh, I believe it's a lot of the parents that, you know, hey, not everybody can do what I did. I understand this. I know this, but I'm making sacrifices off of my future for the future of my children, and I don't mind doing those things. Um, so Listen, it was very important to me to do the same thing, too. My kids hated me for it, and as I would often say to them, um, I don't care if you hate me. I'm not your best friend. Maybe one day I say to them, we'll be best friends, but right now I'm your father, and that's it. <laughs> Maybe that makes me sound harsh, mean, I don't know. Um, I thought I was doing what was right for them, and you know, in many ways it paid off. And I think one day, you know, I, but I keep reminding my kids is you're going to be saying things one day to your own kids and you're going to think back and think, man, I sound just like my dad. And you're going to be like, what has happened to me? Because that's the way kids are. Anyway, good for you, Bubba. God bless your kids and, and all our friends down in Florida. Uh, New York, we go from paradise to hell. James, next, Sean Hannity show. Yeah. Hey, Sean, this is uh, this is James here, Huntington, New York. Yes, sir. Um, the big the the big story here with Cuomo is not the sexual harassment, and I don't think it's even what Cuomo did in New York with the nursing homes. Specifically, I think the issue, the big story, is with the press and how the press did not properly investigate the nursing homes this fall when things settled down. That's the biggest story here. Someone needs well, it's to bigger, too, because they, they kept the numbers. They suppressed the truth because of a Justice Department investigation. Now, that is his biggest liability. Now, I don't think we should minimize the allegations of these women either. I said it during the time of Kavanaugh. Republicans, for once in their dopey lives as a party, actually did something the right way. And they said, OK, these are serious allegations. We're going to take them seriously. We're not going to rush to judgment. But we're going to we're going to investigate and we'll have hearings and we'll have witnesses. And they did it. And then we saw what happened to some of these stories. They ended up, you know, uh, not being true. Um, one case in particular was so egregious and it was so outrageous and so false. And there ought to be consequences for people that make false allegations. But putting all of that aside, I'm, I'm listening closely. I think I think both things simultaneously are happening for him. And There's a lot of New Yorkers. Sorry, Sean. There, there were a lot of New Yorkers that lost a lot of parents and grandparents. Yeah. And um, I like, work with they, one. My they, Janice Dean does the weather. Oh. The, the press should be investigating to, 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 you know, dig up the truth so that 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 we could have some uh, 
some answers here, and they're they're just not doing their their job only when it's convenient for. It's for interesting their story though. That, Something's that changed. Something's changed. Now even the New York Times is going after Cuomo. I, I my, my my interpretation. I'm, this is just my guess, based on doing this thirty three years. Uh, my gut instinct is is this guy Ron Kim, and the allegation that you know he intimidated, threatened, bullied, whatever it was. I think was was the tip of the iceberg. I think it might be the straw that broke the camel's back. And then you heard from reporters that said the same thing about how they were treated. Um, but and and so I th- I think that there's been very harsh treatment of a lot of people, and I think now it's all beginning to bubble to the surface because this is not a Republican-led effort to remove Cuomo. This is the liberal New York media mob and the most liberal in the country. And you've got then on top of that, the, the most liberal socialist democratic party in the country. Maybe California is a close first or second, right? So it's, it's fascinating. Now I do think we're going to get answers. I think at this, now you've got an attorney general in New York that uh, I would take her very seriously. If I was Andrew Cuomo, which I, it seems he has, he's got a criminal defense lawyer, but Anyway, James, we'll see, but I I think they're equally important, and I think he's in real trouble. I really believe that. Linda out in California. What's going on in California? Hi, Sean. Happy to talk to you. First-time caller. Love you to death. Have to say that real quick. Never missed a show on Hannity in the last 12 years. Just have to say that. Wow. Uh, But thank you so much. It means the world to me. Yes. I just What I want to say is, being an African-American and watching what is going on, with liberals, woke liberals, constantly telling us what we need, what we have to have, that we're living in a, in a society that is fully racist. And I don't see that. A lot of my African-American friends, we don't see that. And, Sean, just to let you know, we are pissed off. And there are a lot of us here in California, African-Americans here in California, and my groups of African-American friends and family members, the ones that I'm still friends with <laughs> because I'm a Trump supporter. But I have to tell you, we're mad, and nobody, nobody listens to what we have to say. I'm tired of white liberals. I'm sorry to say that, Sean. It's not a racist statement. I'm tired of white, woke liberals telling me what's good for me as the black person. I, I, I remember when I bought Jason Riley's book back in 2014 called uh, Please Stop Helping Us. Stop helping us. We don't want you to help us. Stop. Liberals make it harder for blacks when they do this stuff. But they want to cancel everything. Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, Frederick Douglass, the toys, now Dr. Seuss. When will it ever stop, Sean? I am tired of it. I am so passionate I, about this. I, just I am as cry. passionate as you are. I This Republican Party, America First movement, and I'm going to give you a little longer answer than you want probably, but this, this Make America Great Again, America First movement has got to represent working men and women uh, in every state, in every city in this country. If you took COVID out of the equation for 2020, it didn't exist. If you look at the numbers, the records that were being shattered, record low, unemployment, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Now, let's say there's no Wuhan China virus, right? You take that out of the equation and more of those records were shattered. If you couple the, the economic policies, the conservative policies of Donald Trump, and then you add the following two elements, law and order, 
and safety and security in cities like Chicago and New York and Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, just start there, D.C. And I am telling you that this is an entirely new Republican conservative movement on America First Conservative Party that cares about working men and women, all races, all backgrounds. And we're here to protect jobs and put Americans first. If we if if the Republican Party adopts that, the conservative movement fights for that agenda, we all win. And that means everybody wins. You know, for all the years liberal Democrats have run these blue states and these blue cities, what have they done for law and order and safety and security? I guess, you know, how many were shot in Chicago this weekend, right? How many? What have they done to the educational system in New York City and cities like Chicago, Los Angeles? We, 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 okay, if you have predominantly minority neighborhoods, these are our fellow Americans. We are denying them the gift of life, which is an education, the ladder to success in America. We have failed our America's kids by not keeping them safe in cities and failed them with horrible schools. We have failed them as a That's country. That's exactly why they do that. That's exactly what they're doing. Because all the things, Sean, you just mentioned, because they, they stray away from those things. They don't tackle those problems that need to be tackled to help the African-American community. They throw up these smoke screens. We have all of these things. Canceled all these people. Just canceled well, Now it's going to be reparations. And, now, and apparently now by executive fiat. Yes, by executive fiat. I don't want any reparations. I'm black. Can I say whether or not I want reparations? No, I don't want reparations. I think reparations is whack. That's all I have to say about reparations. But there are a lot of us who feel like this. And I just want to say there are numerous African-Americans out here who feel the same as I do. about. Why don't you run for office? Can you, can you run for office out in California? I, where, are, where do you live I've in had, California? I've had people ask me. I've had, actually had people out here. At, I'm in the Central Valley. I'm, I'm near uh, Devin Nunes. I receive right. cards. Oh, I love Devin. Time. You can't take Devin's uh, seat. But, I, but you know what? We I, can find a, we'll, we'll find a competitive race for you. We'll, 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 I, I think you'd be a great addition. People ask me all the time, you should run for politics. They keep telling me you should because this is a voice. And I mean, I get on my little platform all the time and I say, look at me. I'm black, but I don't think I'm a conservative. Number one, I'm like you, Sean. You always say that. And I love you for saying it. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I am a. We're all God's children. We're all made by the same God. And we are all Americans. And we all need to do better in every town and city in education and safety and security. This is not complicated. We we can do this. All right, I got to let you go. But listen, God bless you. Do me a favor. Check in with us often. uh, I I loved hearing from you today. Okay? And keep on on hitting Joe Biden. Get him every day on Hannity. I love that. Oh, he's doing so good. I mean, let me me get my card. Uh, uh, Oh, what does it say? My name is Joe. Uh, uh, I live at 1600. One one six zero zero. Uh uh. Oh, what's the name? Oh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay, you know, and I was cre- endowed by the thing, God, the Creator, everything. Linda, thank you. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Yeah, we'll be debating Dr. Seuss. I promise tonight, without any doubt, and we'll update you on on Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Oh, the reaction from my team is priceless. We also have an investigation into Albany and now Democrats and the left wing media mob in New York turning on Trump. We welcome Kaylee McEnany to the Fox News Channel family tonight. 
Laura Trump, Newt Gingrich, Senator Marco Rubio, Leo Terrell, and much more. He'll be debating Dr. Seuss. I know you can make fun of me all you want, but you know it's going to be interesting. You know you're not going to want to miss it. We hope you'll set your DVR, 9 Eastern. We'll see you tonight at 9. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And as always, thank you for being with us.